0: Can I get you in the right position? Can I set you up for success in that movement? So can we get you in there? If we can't get you in that position, then we've got to regress down.
1: Welcome back to another Resty Move Podcast. This is Chris today. And I have a special guest for you today. And his name is Justin Grinnell. And I've known Justin for probably at least, uh, I would say going on 20 years. And he is one of the, I truly believe, one of the leaders in the health and fitness space. He has his own private uh, uh, facility called State of Fitness. And he's going to teach you a little bit more or talk to you a little bit more about that. But what I love most about Justin is his energy and passion for this business. And to know what he's had to go through to make his business successful, if he wasn't that passionate about it, he probably wouldn't be in it today. And I think that's the challenge we face sometimes in the health and fitness arena is how do you make a living for something you love? So uh, anyway, welcome, my friend. Uh, Thanks for spending some time today. I know you have a very busy schedule. You're opening a new facility. Actually, coming up here uh, November 1st is what I heard. You know, I know you played uh, on a state uh, championship basketball team. Yeah. Uh, you and I competed in a bodybuilding contest at the same time. Obviously, you were um, in the younger division. Yeah, than I was your masters. But uh, just, just kind of get a. How did you get started in this field? A little bit about what you're doing today, um, how your business is growing, and then we'll get into get into the weeds a little bit with everybody.
0: Yeah, like you said, you know, I, I was a, an athlete in high school, and you know, a good athlete, but not one that was probably going to go on to the next level necessarily, but. You know how it really started is i got hurt you know my sophomore year in high school playing football and at my school it was big time to make the basketball team so in my head i'm like okay i'm not gonna be able to play what do i do well the athletic trainer at the time he's a very good athletic trainer said hey if you really battle back you can play and so that meant rehab and fitness and so i really took started taking fitness seriously lifting weights taking care of myself and I think at that point, I haven't even eaten a salad before in my life, so I started eating more vegetables and just <laughs> trying to make that big makeover because I just didn't feel that good either. And so that kind of started my journey of, wow, this makes me feel good if I treat my body better, put some better things into it, and, and start to work out. It gave me some confidence. And from there, I just kind of you know caught the bug. I just was always wanting to work out. And into college, I'm like, well, what am I going to do? I'm not I'm not in athletics anymore. And... You know, I had saw an ad in a bodybuilding magazine about an ISSA certification. I'm like, well, I could do that like in the summer when I don't take classes. And so that's where it really started. And I started working with my brother. Um, I didn't know what I was doing at the time, but probably better than he did at least. He was going to try to go to the minor leagues. He was playing at Western Michigan University, the place where you went. And he's like, man, you're really good at this. And so from then on, I was like, I'm going to be a trainer. And so I started on the west side of Lansing called Go Work Out. It was a a place that I grew up going to, so I'd known the owners. They're in a transition, and, you know, they happened to need a trainer, and I still had no idea what I was doing, but I'm like, I'll do whatever you guys want. And I started training, getting reps, and then a few years later, um, I reached out to you guys at the MAC and said, hey, because then, you know, when you were there and, and oh, what I would think All-Stars were there is that was the place to go. You know, that was, if you want to be a successful trainer, you know, in the state of Michigan, you go to the Michigan Athletic Club. And that's where you have a lot of clients. You can make money as a trainer because I was working for pennies at the time. And, and so you and, and many other folks had set up the, a system like, hey, we can get trainers a viable income and they can have a really good, sure. successful yeah. career. And so that's always been in my head. And I like to think I'm kind of starting that over in my own facility, trying to find a way that you can get trainers to enjoy their job, um, not work too crazy hours, even though, you know, training is a little bit different. You have to wake up early sometimes and show them they can stay in it in their 30s, 40s and 50s. Because, you know, Chris, there's not a lot of trainers out there, you know, your age, especially and not even really my age. I mean, there's we have some in our town, but there's not a ton. And so that's the quick story. And, you know, I still remember, Chris, when I walked in the MAC and and you and Jason were like, you know, this this playground is yours. It's what you make it. If you want to go out there and, and, you know, go for it and get clients, they're right there. You know, you see, you weren't necessarily pointing other trainers out, but, hey, you can really kill it here if you want to. Just do the things that other people are doing. Yeah, and
1: I remember um, when you first came in, you just didn't have your degree. And I kind of said, hey, you know, I'd love to but you got to go back and do some of the work. And you did, you came back and then you became probably one of our busiest trainers for, for many years. Um, but yeah, you, you, you were like, I'm not giving up here. I'm, yeah, I need to get a little bit more seasoned because you were pretty young at the time. Yeah, like 20, I think, 21. Yeah, 20, 20 or 21 yeah. at the time. And then you came back and you were very successful. And so then you started saying, okay, this is where I'm at. I'm doing really well. But you had a vision of doing something on your own talk about that a little bit
0: yeah so when i was at the the, the mac you know i started those you know, boot camps they were called group training and then some sports performance i'm like wow okay i can monetize my time chain people in groups and maybe look, make a little bit more money per hour but then i started looking around the country and seeing wow other people are doing this in a training setting well i at first thought okay we could do this at this big health club well there's a lot of loopholes to jump through and it, it just wasn't going to happen, you know, at the time. And at that time, you were kind of not in it as much. You were transitioning, really growing on target living and and not really integrating the MAC as much. And so I was like, man, I have to do something different. So a mutual friend of ours who I'm now building with again, Pat Gillespie, said, hey, let's sit down and, you know, let's talk about a couple things here. Maybe you could do something different. And I think that was... At that time, I think he was really starting to build his kind of empire, if you will. Of, okay, I'm going to build something cool in Lansing. And so he just gave me a nudge and said, hey, maybe you should go out on your own and here's some opportunities. It was during that 2009 where, you know, the, the economy wasn't as good and, you know, there was some, some good buildings open. And so we took some trainers and, you know, of course, my former partner, Rebecca Klinger, couldn't have done it without her. Uh, we said, hey, let's give it a shot, and because we felt the the mojo had left a little bit when you had been gone and Jason and some other folks, and let's go start this and see what we can do. And you know that was something that you know I set out to do, you know, in 2010, and now it's just you know it's changed so much in the last 13 years and or 12 years. And, and how can we make it even better? And that's what we're going to try to do with this new facility. Is uh, I want to do it to where our trainers can stay longer, get paid better. And we really go back to our focus, I'm kind of skipping some things here, but you know, private training and small group training. You know, there's only a select number of few people who can afford those, more people small group, but the trainer needs to get back to the training. And I think that through the whole model of, of group training, franchises have come in. And what we've seen is, you know, lower quality training. You can't really stick 20, 25 people with all these different issues in a group. and and have them do a bunch of high intensity exercise and think it's great. And we also are getting trainers in the industry that are saying, I don't wanna train a bunch of people once I feel like a group fitness instructor. So with that short summary, we're gonna narrow down our focus, focus on the individual, have less members, give them more service, so that they really get to their goals and really, again, integrate some more of the lifestyle, nutrition pieces. We felt we got away with that a little bit, trying to manage too many things, and we weren't really getting to that client as much as we
1: want. So your new facility, um, your new state of the F- uh, fitness facility, you open November 1st. Yeah. Correct. And you have, you, you've kind of like, okay, let's get a little more focused here. Uh, a little bit smaller groups. Is that what you have saw? If that's what you see? Plus the private training? Yeah, big
0: time. So uh, one of my friends, Rick Mayo of Alloy, he's been doing this quite some time. And he kind of saw that as, okay, you know, we can't do everything for everybody. You know large group small group mid-level group you know all these different things in training it's like we're getting away from the actual client and getting them the results they need yeah we can get them a good workout but it's more than just the workout we know that and so we saw some industry trends where first the trainers where we we get a lot of interns for our intern program and we even get some from like, let's just say an F45 or Orange Theory where they're like, you know what, we're not learning to be a trainer. We're not connecting with the people. We're not able to talk about nutrition or lifestyle, personal stuff, take care, you know, help them with their injuries, et cetera. So I was like, okay, this is a trend
1: here. And then, So that's the trend you're seeing yeah. is more, not necessarily specialization, but a lot more uh, personal. More personal. And looking at the bigger picture. I mean, I got your internship packet right here. Okay. Which is incredible. Oh, thank you. And so one of the things I love about it right away is that you're looking at like, okay, we can train these big groups and you can run them through a workout. But the bottom line is how do we get better results? Well, I got to pay attention to their sleep. I gotta talk about what they're eating, what their injuries are, what, what their limitations are, where do they want to go. So that allows you to do that in your new facility.
0: Yes, we can. we can take four people that you know that's our four people people's our max in our session and say okay we have a, a workout templated right we know the human body needs a lot of the same things but it's got to be regressed progressed and modified because someone comes up with a shoulder this knee that they're new someone's you know very fit how can we train them in a group and give them a good you know uh, serviceable modified progressive workout because the small group really helps people come more often and allows the the price to be a little bit Lower. sure, Yeah. Because not everybody can do private training. Correct. But within that system, they everyone has a half hour we call on point strategy session. That's a check in with the trainer. How are we doing on our goals, whether it's sleep, nutrition, training, whatever it is. Um, and also having a smaller facility allows us to really connect with people more because everybody's kind of training together in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, when we have our current facility, you know, we're, we're not really, the, the synergy wasn't there as much as I'd like it to be. And I think we need to get back to that. And you think some of the people that are doing privates
1: obviously would do the group too. Yeah, if they can do that. So like say for example, someone might can, be private for one session a month and then I'm going to do the group on top of that.
0: Exactly, because we want to get them in there more often because we know a workout with us is going to be better than on their own. Now we're going to encourage them to do things on their own sure. We want daily things, right? right. Like whether it's stretching, foam rolling, some yoga movements, whatever it is. But we want to get them in there. So for the, whatever their income level is where they want to spend is, okay, we'll do a private and that you know say you're my sure. client, Chris, and we have our thing going and we have our goals, but I can't see you all the time and maybe you don't want to do it out all the time. See you once a week, and then you're going to go into a small group, say twice a week. And so you know we, we train as a team, a real team. so it's, while we have clients, Individually, we all can train each other within a within a way of. If I'm gone on vacation, I can give my client to train with someone else. Type sure. Of thing. Yeah,
1: you're creating that. So, do you see uh, more and more people that you know like you used to have larger groups, but the four? How do you get, let's just say, somebody that's a very fit person, and you have another? So how do you get that four people person together? I mean, anybody can pop in, right? Yeah, they
0: have to sign up ahead of time. Everybody has to come in. They have have an orientation.
1: But you can't always control who's coming into it, correct?
0: No, you can't because people sign up for that slot, right, for the four people. And so, for instance, okay, let's just say for the lower body movement, it's a squat, right? We may have a high-intensity, no-injury person that can do a barbell squat. Okay, great. If they can do it proficiently, then we'll let them do it um well some people can't maybe they have like a goblet squat just holding onto a dumbbell doing some squats and maybe they just are learning maybe we're just having them squat down to a bench right and well and that's and by having that in there we have an app where everybody has their their profile and so the trainer will know where they're at the person knows where they're at
1: yeah and so we just so you can customize that even in because you have a smaller group yeah exactly and many times i i love the idea of you got four people you might have somebody a little bit more fit yeah but also kind of raises the whole tide up, yes. So everybody can see what's possible, or you know whatever. So I love that thing. So so a new business, all excited. On your you, you and Katie are really jacked up about this new opportunity in our community, which is great. Um, one thing I love about our community more than ever, you know, Matt put together the whole health professionals getting together. But there's a lot of synergy with a lot of the training in this community where nobody's really hoarding, you know. And I love what your philosophy is, and this is my philosophy way back in the day, that there's such a demand for what we're talking about, prevention and health and fitness, but it's many times difficult for a health professional to make a living. And you're looking at it like, I'm not just counting reps, I'm not just this. I'm looking at your greatest asset and that's your overall health. And I think that's the philosophy when I see in your, with your internship, this is this is a book, oh, you know. You. And so I look at it. You're covering all the grounds. You're showing in the exercise. You're showing everything. But if I'm a new person coming in this field, I want that training. I think a lot of trainers are dying for this information. You know, you go get a certification. That might be one thing. But as you know, how many years have you been doing this?
0: Yeah, it's 21. It's 21 so you've years. been doing
1: it 21 years, and so. Go back in time a little bit about like, what was your philosophy when you first got in about health and fitness? What was your philosophy day one?
0: Well, you know, it was like bodybuilding, right? That's all I really knew. That's how I I came, you know, strength conditioning for sports, which, you know, no one really gave me a ton of direction. You just kind of figured it out. And, you know, your football coach said, do this, do that. But, you know, it was just like bodybuilding. So while bodybuilding maybe isn't what everybody should do, they had a lot of concepts, right? You know, drink lots of water. Eat high quality food you know get your workouts in so i had known that but I, I think i only knew it as that high in that intensity no one can go with that intensity so i had trouble in the beginning really getting people to or understand you know people need to start here and not go there and that's where it was at before and now it's totally different you know uh probably more similar to you chris you kind of came up and did a bunch of things and now you're like you know what It just needs to really be this, and it doesn't need to really change that much.
1: The stupid stuff we used to do. (laughs) Yeah. The weight belt, the wraps around our knees, you know, how much weight can we push? Yeah. Yeah, you you Um, learn those lessons for sure. Yeah, yeah, we had a bunch of bad lessons over time. So I got a couple of questions for you. So again, it sounds like your business. I mean, I know what you're doing. Uh, That's why I want to have you on the podcast, kind of share some of this thing. But what do you see right now? A new person walking in the door. What are people looking at when you see the world today, especially in the United States? What are they looking? What advice are they looking for? I mean, many people want to get in better shape, right? Yeah. But what are they really looking for? I mean, when you break it down, you have that assessment, you look at strategies and goals. You know, what are they looking for and what gets in their way? Yeah, so, well, before, people were looking for weight loss, right? Most people want weight loss.
0: Now we're getting more people that say, you know what? I just need to feel better. I need to feel better. Mm. Um, yes, I maybe lose a few pounds, but you know my I have you know blood pressure this, blood glucose that. I don't have energy, and so I need to feel better. Oh, and my knee hurts and this and that. So you're getting people that just d- are tired of feeling low energy and in pain. Uh, the biggest obstacle is understanding how to weave it in your your daily regimen. You know, time is always going to be a huge factor. And most people, when they quit or stop, saying, I just don't have the time. Um, and so time seems to be the, the biggest factor, but I, I don't know if it's an excuse or maybe it is time, but I think that people don't look at uh, their body as their biggest asset. They're thinking about, you know, I need to make more money or they're gonna drop what they do and do stuff for their kids. And they just get back in that conundrum of, I just, I'm gonna keep doing what I was doing before because it's easier. Um, I, I think also people think that, they think they need to do too much at once. When we know, it just takes a couple things to start. And I think people need to, they think they need to do these big overhauls of I'm going to work out five days a week. I can change my diet, go keto, go paleo, whatever. And it really is just trying to do these small things over time. When someone asked me, hey, how do you get in such good shape? I said, I'm just doing the same things over
1: and over again for a long period of time. (laughs) Just blocking and tackling over a period of time. Exactly. So if a person comes and says, you know, I just don't have the time, what what would be, how do you try to kind of motivate them or inspire them or how do you create behavior change I mean what's what's I think that's the greatest challenge we face here at Ontario Living is I want to feel better but are you willing we always talk about are you ready you know able willing yeah the ready I'm ready and I'm I might have the skills I might be able but here comes the willing yeah how do you get them? What, what's kind of what are some of your go to things to help motivate people to get them going, keep them going? Because like you said, I like what you said at the very beginning. A lot of it has to do with basic concepts and just repeat them over and over and over. Yeah. And if you do that, like competition and saving money, it's no different in your health. So what are what are some of your strategies you do to say if some I, I don't have enough time or I'm losing motivation? What do you, what do you say to them?
0: You know, as I've gotten more older, more mature, I'm not as hesitant to sit, tell him it's going to be a little bit hard. So I just started taking guitar lessons with my son and an instructor at Oakmus Music Academy. And he, you know, put it very simply. He's like, look, he's like, you guys aren't going to be very good for the first six months to the year. If you can accept mm. that, then you're going to be okay. And it's just going to, I just need 10 minutes a day. You know, and he, and he said, five minutes of playing what I ask you to and five minutes just messing around. I'm like, wow, you know, that, and that stuck with me. And I'm like, I've accepted that and I've accepted that. I don't need to do a ton. He's not expecting a ton from me, but he just tried to stay consistent and understand that it's going to be a process. Mm-hmm. And so getting people to understand this is going to be a process and it's a process for the rest of your life. Yes, it's going to be a little harder at the beginning because we've got to set up some habits. We've got to get used to this, this cycle, this regimen, um, but you know, letting them know, hey, this is going to take time. I'm not going anywhere. We're going to do some small things. I'm going to keep asking you to do the same things over and over again. If you don't do it, no big deal. Let's start today. Um, Trying to lower that barrier of Mm -hmm. expectation. I think that clients and members come to trainers, you know, maybe a little bit nervous. They don't want to disappoint. Maybe they see us as real fit kind of health freaks. And so they don't want to, you know, feel awkward. And so, like we have Lori. Lori, who has been a great trainer for us. She's our training director now. She spent 20 years at the VEDA Institute teaching and doing hair. But she has a warmness about her that lowers that barrier for for folks. Mm. So they're not intimidated. Because, you know, people are intimidated, you know, even in this day and age. So lowering that barrier, let them know it's going to be a very slow process. And it's just a couple habits.
1: Well, and I like the process thing because you get people all the time like, I am not losing weight. I'm not losing. The weight's not coming off. Right. And what are you going to tell them? Well, okay. If you just follow, are you following the process? Well, no. Well, how do you think the weight's going to come off? You know what I mean? So yeah. it, it always gets into that. Like, let's really get fall in love with the process. Yes. How do you get people to fall in love with the process?
0: Yeah. It, it's, I think it's different for everybody, but I, I've got to get them to feel good. They've got to feel how good workout the workouts are. Um, I've got to get the let's just say someone has bad digestion right and we do a couple things to change that that we know are Going to work if they start to feel better It just gives them that little extra spark and just keep trying to find what's gonna give them a little bit of inspiration to To keep going Um, You know, so for example, I have a guy that you know, he's a big guy. He's real busy restaurant tour guy and you know, he was in pain And finally, we're getting him out of pain, and he's getting good workouts. You can start to see him get a little more energetic, and he's working a little bit harder. I'm like, you're starting to feel better, aren't you? He's like, yeah, I really am. I'm starting to feel good. So if I can get him to feel good, they want to keep going. Um, I just can't keep them going back to feeling really bad, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because if you don't, if you don't, if you ever ever felt good and in shape, you don't really know what you're working for. Um, But to get somebody to that point. It takes a long time, and so just trying to let them know is this, this is not a 12-week, six-week thing. That's why we don't do any more fat loss challenges anymore. We did a couple back in the day, and they're a mess. Right? You know, like people right. come for four weeks, <laughs> then they leave, and it's just like, what are right. we, what are we doing here? So,
1: yeah. trying to get them to that point is real hard. Well, I think one of the things I like what you said at the very beginning. You're not gonna, you're not gonna get like, you're not gonna be great in the first six weeks or 12 weeks. Yeah. It's gonna be uncomfortable. I'm not gonna see a lot of changes. I remember one of the. I was working with a guy at the MAC years ago, and he was like, I'm not losing any weight, you know, and he's 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 upset, you know, like I don't, I said, well, how's your blood pressure? Well, I'm off my blood pressure medication. Well, how's your, you know, energy? Well, my energy's better. How's your sleep? Well, I don't snore anymore. But he wasn't, I had to remind him of all the things that he's, he's gaining yeah. versus just in the weight, as you know, will just naturally happen. But I think people have to be reminded, and many people, we talk about this all the time, Many people don't know how good they could feel, mm-hmm. but when they start feeling better and remind them, how did you feel? I like that self-talk. I mean, we're, I was going for a walk with Tracy Marino uh, the other day with her, with, with our dogs, and, and one of the things I was talking to her about, I said, you know, one of the things I loved about Tracy is she always, wasn't what she was, the X's and O's she was teaching, it was how she was thinking. I said, if you can get your people to think a little bit differently and really look at what they're gaining, like, I have to go move my body. I love what you just said. Hey, 10, 15 minutes to play the guitar or whatever it might be. If, you're, if your instructor said, hey, I got to do it for an hour, probably you and your son may not do that. No. But if you said five, five minutes playing around, five minutes of practicing, it's no different than what we talk about. No. And if you can get people to have that self-talk, because I think that's the biggest, I just don't have an hour today. You don't need an hour. No. What if you just can do this? And maybe you have a little bit longer session here and there, but that's how they're thinking. I just don't have that much time, hence I might as well just not do it.
0: Yeah, it's it's easy just to you know right. say you know what, I, I just don't have time for it. I I got so many other things to do. Um, you you got to get them to, you know, so some we have some mutual clients right, and and, and one guy Scott he he now feels he remembers what he felt before. And he doesn't want to go back. Right. You know, getting people to a certain point where, you know what, I have to do this or I know I'm not going to feel very good. Mm-hmm. And when you start having people say that, I had someone come back from Disney World um, today and I trained them and they're like, you know, I was so ready to get back. I, lo- I wanted to stay there and have right. fun, but I felt different. <laughs> right. Out of my regimen.
1: Out of my plan.
0: Yeah. So that, and that's a hard thing to get people to. Um, I think some people also will give up a little bit, especially as they age, like, you know, what, this is just the way. I'm gonna feel this is just it. It's part of the aging process, but it's really not. And I I think educating people on, you know, I like there's some goofy stuff in the whole longevity field, but there's some great stuff too. So I think people are looking at
1: fitness and health a little bit different than just weight loss, and that's what we battled for a long time. How do you get how do you get your group or your individual clients or even your instructors? How do you get people to stay in the moment? I, I think that's a big deal. Like. When you're in the moment like i know when you and i we've worked out together we played together but how do you get people to be more in the moment you know
0: i mean i struggle with that sometimes myself you know because you're thinking about a million things we have too many things coming at us you know i'm you know matt and matt and kristen we're raising kids in a world where there's just so much going on um i i don't know how we're that where how we could solve that problem but I think people are so overwhelmed with everything to stay in that moment. Um, everybody's personality is a little bit different, but you know, when we're at the workout, what I tell my clients is, let's just focus. You know, I know you didn't do good the other day. Let's just focus on this workout right now. It's all we can do. Mm-hmm. And I'll say that a lot because they'll come to me in the morning or whatever it is and say, oh, I ate like crap. I didn't get any workouts in. Um, you know, let's just we're starting today. That's right. it. So I can do that, but. You know, like for example, my my son had basketball and football this weekend, some kids had basketball, football, and baseball. So these parents are running around town right. going crazy. And you know, and what are they gonna grab? You know, they're gonna grab something or they're not gonna eat at all. So, you know, we, we don't set ourselves up for, for that success, but I keep telling folks if you get your workouts in and feel your body, you're gonna be able to do that stuff better. And sometimes that'll get them thinking, Okay, maybe that's true.
1: I always like to think to myself that one of the greatest benefits of moving in my body is what it does for my mind.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So for me, and I try to you know, explain that or share that with my clients, that when you start moving your body, time kind of disappears, you kind of washes the brain. Do you kind of feel like that yourself? Oh yeah, big time. So I think that there's been some good stuff in media. You know, it, people look at the
0: mass media and, and that's sometimes what they think is true. But I like that, Say, let's just say the Wall Street Journal comes out and says, you know, the best thing to decrease Alzheimer's is exercise. And that really hits some of those older population folks, and I like that because it's true, and they're seeing that. Wow, you got to really work out for your brain, not necessarily for your body, because something that's more scary than anything is you know having sure. some type of right. neurodegenerative disease. Right. And so, and the best thing we know, and it comes time and time again, is exercise.
1: Yeah, movement.
0: So, you know, so me and guys like me and you are like, I can't believe people aren't doing this, yeah. because it's pretty <laughs> It's a scary thing to have, right? And especially cause they're starting to come out of research that this stuff can start onsetting 10 to 30 years before. And yes, we have genes, but we can, we turn on those genes, you know, depending on what we do. And so I, I think there's a shift, but again, it's gonna come back to, we got too much going on, too much time, and are we making that
1: important enough? How do you get people to prioritize their health? How do you get people to prioritize their health? Well, I mean, if you're out to dinner, you run into some people you don't know, maybe a new member, you're sitting down with them for the first time, how do you get them to prioritize her? create some importance. I me mean, because if you don't have it, you don't really have anything. Yeah, you,
0: you don't. And, and well, one thing that th- this may relate to this, Chris, but what I'll ask first is, you know, what, what do you have time to do? And, you know, when we I'll have them do now like a food log and I'll say, well, I'm it and say, well, what do you think you can change? So I'm trying to put more things, more balls in their court and I'm helping them guide them through it. But if I just say, okay, here's your food log. Cut this, take that, add this, do that. Mm. They don't really do it. So I put it on them and say, well, what do you think? What could you cut? Or what could you add right here? Or, how, you know, okay, here's your day. We've, I've done some things with clients. That are, here's your days in, of a week. You know, where can you fit that 11-minute workout in? Um, so I keep trying to put it towards you, them. See,
1: I think that right there is gold. Because now you're letting them design their own world versus... You know, sometimes I think the big mistake I've made over the years is like, why would you eat that? And, and why don't you? <laughs> right. Because they already know they're failing. I've probably bit. done that with my family members. So let them. Yeah. What do you, because I think when you put it in that, you're kind of more of the guide. They're the hero. Mm-hmm. But now you're putting it in their lap. I love that idea. I think, I mean, I have a few clients that I need to do more of that where I'm like, you tell me what you think you should be doing. Yeah. Versus me telling you what should, you should be doing. Well, sometimes I think we, we can use some analytics that can help.
0: Because you know, you've always been a big proponent of, let's get your blood work drawn. Mm-hmm. And I have no you know, fear of asking someone to do it. Like, I'm not a doctor, okay? I'm not going to be able to diagnose, treat, cure, prevent anything necessarily. But these numbers really don't lie too much. Right. You know, let's take a look at them and ask some good questions. And we, we just invest in something called an in-body. And it's a pretty cool medical grade scale, You know, it costs way too much, but it gives us all these data analytics. Now they see, okay, mm. well, I got a lot of visceral fat. Well, what's visceral fat do? Well, that's not really good for your organs. And so mm. I'm not just the one telling them, we're trying to get other analytics to sure. open up their eyes right. and see. And also there's some stuff like, you know, really thanks to you too, Chris is, okay, well we knew we need some, some nutrients. We know the human body needs minerals, chlorophyll, omega-3s, vitamin D, et cetera. And so that's where you know, the products that you guys sell are so easy to uh, sell to them is because, hey, look, you're not getting any of these and nutrition isn't just about feeling full or getting a meal in necessarily. It's, <laughs> if right. I get you to get some good nutrient dense foods to help your cellular health and it's so simple, will you do it? And to most people like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And so that we start there with some habits and we just show them the evidence. Like I, I, I didn't write the rules. So I'm just the guide to show you what the the rules are, and you're kind of looking at a bigger picture maybe than when you first open. Would you agree? Oh, big time. Because you know when you first start, especially when you're younger, like, you're at the time you're trying to grab onto anything you think is going to get a customer in the door Mm -hmm. because you got bills to pay, Um, and plus I love fitness and I like to try everything out. You know, I'm a I'm a consumer of fitness and health too. You know, even if I didn't want to follow a a carnivore diet or paleo, I've tried it to see how it feels so I can. So I can talk to that person about, you know, how I felt doing it um, or the exercise thing. And so now it's like, you know what, I've just got, and I, I, it's getting better and better. I just want to be me and I know these things work. Right. And so we're just going to do these. Make and, it simple. Yeah. And if, and if you see that over there, that whatever gym's doing this, whatever trainer's doing that or whatever health
1: nut's saying this, that might be good, but that's just not what I'm doing. Right. But your foundation, I mean, when I'm looking at this manual for your interns, I mean, you're covering everything. I mean, you're covering progressions, you're covering injuries, you're covering nutrition, sleeping. I mean, you're covering it all. I mean, it's like if I was a new person in this field, I'm like, I'd want to come here because now I have this amazing training, but also I have the hands-on experience. It's kind of the best of both worlds. And I see, I think more and more health professionals are looking for of that that kind of area. I had a couple other questions for you. So if you looked at... Um, Let's get into just a couple things real quickly here. So, how has COVID affected state of fitness?
0: Well, you know, it, it really did affect us quite a bit because we have a compared to some other gyms. You know, we have a large training staff, people that it's their full time job. This is their livelihood, so that was very important to me. My I can't I could can be a trainer forever, but I, without other trainers, I'm not really a business owner. And so, yeah, I
1: mean, you could be crushing it on your own privately, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm training a ton right now. I'm reducing since we're opening, you know, a new place. But, you know, you can only train, you know, 50 hours a week for so long. So I had to take care of our folks, and, and, and that was great. So we kept that unit really good. Right. But, you know, we spent a lot of money in the process. And so we had to see, okay, how we, we can't do what we were doing before. And that was one thing for the, for the move is we have to change our business model. We have to change what we charge. Uh, we have to change the services that we give, and, mm. you know, or condense them, um, and, and we needed to narrow our focus on what customer we wanted, because we we, we kind of we wanted the the customer that was a little more serious, wanted to put a little more money into it, um, but we were also trying to grab some of the people that wanted to spend just a hundred and nine dollars for unlimited group training, and that just wasn't, unfortunately, our customer. Right. We're, we're glad to take anybody, but some people just are willing to do certain things over others. Um, so we had
1: to. That, we really had to change that. So you kind of narrowed your tribe down and really get focused on who. Who do you really want to service?
0: Yeah, and w- what we do and go back to our roots, and that's personal training. Mm-hmm. You know, because people call our things classes, and we're like, well, we don't do classes. We right. do personal we do. training. Right. And so we want to get back to our. I roots. love
1: that. I love that idea. It's personal. Yeah. Training. It's not just a big boot camp.
0: No, we have private training, small group personal training. Right. And, and that's what we are. And, and I think that, you know, uh, two things here is I think that we need to be looked more as a higher level professional. Um, you know, we, we, right now we're still in this kind of, are you a fitness instructor? Or you know, people don't get this as much, but, you know, when you started training and I started training, they said, well, what, are you gonna, what else are you going to do? Right. Are you going to do a training forever? <laughs> you know, and so. What's, what's your real job? Yeah, what's your real job? <laughs> and we don't want people to have second jobs, right? right? You know, we want to be able to make an income off that. Um, you know, and also the one thing that, you know, Matt created the mastermind is people are like, wow, you're in a, in a meeting with some of your competitors. I'm like, yeah, but these are really good professional competitors. Correct. And we know if, if our industry gets better as a whole, Correct. we're going to have more people in it. Right. We're going to be able to charge more. And, you know, it's just like any other industry.
1: Yeah. When I first started training at the Mac, which we opened in 19, I started in 1990, um, personal training was, you know, I remember on the, the West side of the state, you know, went over to the Mac and the in the grand rapids area and their personal training was all part-time trainers. Yeah. And I was driving home with Walt and I'm thinking to myself, this makes no sense because all these part-time trainers have other jobs. They're not looked down as a professional. Correct. They're counting reps you're, you know, this and that. And I came back and I thought, you know what, we got to put together a training program and we got to create an environment that people can make a living mm-hmm. and they can make a good living because they're changing people's lives. And the more expertise I kept thinking, the more expertise we could plug into that, helping people with their back pain and their sleeping and their numbers and the list goes on, that's valuable. Yeah. And so what you're saying right now, I think to me, that's the future. You're going to see a very high level, educated, skilled professional that can help you with all these different things that are probably as important as anything you have in your life.
0: Yeah, it's huge. I mean, I, how can it not be the most important thing in your life? And and one thing I think that the consumer needs to remember is you know we're still people as trainers, and so there's a lot of em- there should be a lot of empathy and sympathy going towards that person. Like right now, I'm not getting the sleep I want, and stress is high. Right, and I know the stress is you know be we're temporary as far as how high it is, but you know, I'm working my schedules. I'm always working on stuff. So I think if trainers also can be empathetic and sympathetic uh, with their clients and, and show some vulnerability. They'll say, "Okay, cool. This person isn't just a fitness nut trying to take me through a workout. This is a real person with, with real, real things that go on in their life, and but
1: they're helping me through it." You know, and I think I think that's a really because now you have you know one of the things we we used to talk at the Mac way back in the day, but if you looked at the business of the Mac, it was members. Mm-hmm. So how do you create retention of your members? And I used to tell Carl Porter all the time, your personal training program runs your club. Because if you have amazing health professionals having these amazing relationships with their clients or their members, they're not going anywhere. No. And that's what you've realized over time that I'm creating a relationship and that relationships not only a, a dominant, and I tell my clients all the time, I struggle with the same crap you do. And they're like, you do? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I remember when I ruptured my patella tendon, my clients came back to me after that and they said, you've changed. I'm like, What do you mean i've changed you're nicer you're more (laughs) compassionate your your stuff doesn't stink you know what i mean so i thought to myself was i did i portray that but i must have to a certain but it wasn't one person but i think the more vulnerable you become and tell me you have the same challenges like i'll you know like i was training the other day with walt and um you know one of the things he was telling me that I, i he goes you need to share this with your clients you have the same mobility, flexibility. You're going to be 65 years old. They have the same challenges. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but they don't. They don't recognize that. So I think what you're seeing right now, that relationship, that you're not some super freak. You know, always eating. You know, salads and lean, mean stuff. Right. You have. Oh, yeah. Everybody has the same desires, and I think that's the the relationship that you have when we create that personal environment, that personal training.
0: Environment. Yeah. It just creates a you know better trusting relationship, um, as opposed to and, and again when I talk about other fitness facilities or business models, you know first and foremost, if people just move and get to a gym, that's a win, right? Correct. You know that's a big win, but some of the places just aren't set up for that. It's sign up, come in, and they'll have some community events and have some fun, but they're never really diving into that person and what they really need to do for their life and their lifestyle as far as fitness and health is concerned. Or you have, a, what I liked about when I was at the Michigan Athletic Club, it had more of a hometown feel. And so people will trust those trainers within the club because they, they had more than just a dollar sign in mind where there's some big clubs that we've sent interns to. It's like, it's just all about the sale, all about the sale, all about the number. Well, if it's all about the sale and number, you can't get into the person because you're just worried about the next sale. And so a lot of business models run off that and even some that I've consulted with or even some people I've went and saw uh, talk, you know, and say, oh, here's my sure. business model. Right. I'm like, well, you just you're just kind of getting away from what you're really supposed to do and, and you're being salesy. I'm gonna sell people with, you know, the results that my clients are getting and they're gonna go talk to those people.
1: I don't need to do any yeah, selling. You don't need to have a jillion people. You need to have the grassroots and yeah. keep building your new business, so. All right, a couple of other things before we get this, because this has been great. Um, so. When you think about some of your training philosophy, if you looked at what are you doing today, let's get into the weeds a little bit about strength and cardio. What are some of the things that you have changed your mindset a little bit about, which most people need? Yeah. So if a listener or a viewer is watching this right now, and you're instructing them with 21 years experience, thousands of hours training, new interns, your staff... What do most people need when they come in? What's what would be a, some simple things that most people need to do to be to be? Which I love what you said at the very beginning to feel their best.
0: Well, I think that first and foremost, I, I kind of boiled it down to two words: position and tension. Mm. So position is going to be like, you know, where's your posture at? Your alignment? Can I get into certain positions? You know mm. uh, that the human body needs to get in, whether it's on all fours properly, maybe even a crawling properly, squatting up and down, getting up and down off the ground. Uh, Let's just call it mobility. You know, they've got to be able to- So getting on the
1: floor is a big deal. Getting on the floor is a big deal. You know, you've got people, (laughs) some people don't like it. It's a big deal, right. Okay, so again, positioning is a big one. Huge, you know, so understanding,
0: some people don't know where they hold their head or, you know, all that stuff. I need you to get in good position. Mm. So if you
1: don't know how to get in the right position, you can't deadlift, you can't squat. So I I kind of like that better than posture.
0: Well, because it defines it more broadly. It's
1: bigger. It's bigger. So positioning is bigger than just posture. Yeah, because it's a posture. I love that. Yeah, so like, say we're doing down. like a... Positioning. I'm stealing that from you, okay? Please
0: do. <laughs> Pos- positioning, like, so can I get you in the right position? Can I set you up for success in that movement? So can we get you in there? If we can't get you in that position, then we've got to regress down. You know, so if I can't get you to hold on to weight for, let's just say, you know, uh, a squat. Let's use an easy example. Well, we got to go back you know and get you in a better position form a basic squat or do things you know maybe at a smaller micro level to get them there um, and then tension so one thing i see about tension is we're speaking more for strength training right or core training is a lot of people don't understand how to engage their whole muscular system mm, mm. so let's just say you know let's just take a simple bicep curl you know i could give someone two dumbbells and they can go up and down right and they can they can move their arms they're just flexing extending their elbow but if I can get them to create tension in their upper back, in their core, in their glutes, and then do that bicep curl, they're going to get a lot more bang for the buck. You know, and that's for every single movement. And that, I mean, you know, let's just take someone from the, the power lifting scene. That's all those guys are doing. Can I get a good position? Can I create tension to pull this big heavy weight up or else it's not moving? And we forget about that, I think, as, as let's just say, as fitness folks, you know, working out, um, because you're like oh, I just do the exercise I'll just go and do it. So position and tension. So get them in a better position Understand tension then thirdly from a cardiovascular standpoint harder and more is not better better is better So we want some interval training type protocols that that'll be something new We'll have at state of fitness downtown is it'll be a small group interval training and it's going to be you know, heart race and RPE based so we might get up to that 85, 90 percent, but then we're taking rest to come back down, so we can help that eccentric and concentric contraction of the heart rate. Um, so we we, were ta- we want to be more specific with our cardiovascular exercise, not just
1: all right. I mean, I could have I could put together anything and make you breathe hard, but does it make sense? Yeah. So you're not interested in just redlining? No. You know, and I, I I I I used to talk about this a lot. I love what you're saying. Better's better you know, harder is not better. No. So it's really difficult. Sometimes I love this philosophy because a lot of your clients come in and they think if they've gone through an amazingly hard workout, that's better. Right. All the time. And And then they can barely move the next day and they hate it and it's redlining and the list goes on. So, so is this something you kind of teach them right at the very beginning? Yeah. So we're going to think about, we do what's called a functional movement screen first. And so that's just going to give us some
0: good data points of, okay, where's some asymmetries, mobility and stability issues. So it. it just gives us a good, you know, baseline of, okay, what do we need to work on? And where's painful movement present? So if someone has painful movement, well, we just move on from that exercise. We got to find an alternative. You know, if the shoulder's hurting, okay, why is the shoulder hurting? Okay. Flexibility, mobility, if we can't help that within a few weeks okay you know what maybe she a medical professional maybe there's something deeper because you know it's like the that what doctors will say is first do no harm well if i'm having you do something that's, right. that's hurting you yeah i've got to be able to have them go to the next day so chris if you come to me as a client and you're like okay let's get a good workout in, we'll get a great workout in but yeah you might wake up in the morning and say yeah i feel a little bit but can you go today yeah i can go today then we did our job but if, right. if you're like um, you can have some of those hard workouts sure. you want a challenge right. but it can't be all Well, the and I like
1: the idea of the tension because I think a lot of people don't understand the nervous system. Right. And so you'll get a client, I get a client, you'll give them a dumbbell or whatever whatever load you're trying to, and they'll say that's not enough weight. Well, they don't, they're not engaging. Right. So they're just moving the apparatus or whatever they're moving, but they're not engaging. When you're engaging it, they're like, oh, this is killing me. Mm-hmm. Or like I had a guy last week and I had him hold a couple movements, no weight except his own body weight he was complaining that he needed more weight and i'm like well okay let's stop for a second let's get you and he's going oh this is this is really hard i'm like i'm not trying to i'm trying to make the point that if you engage you don't need as much because if you turn the lights off nobody knows how much weight you know the body has no idea what no weight, idea right it just knows how much tension mm, exactly so i did i'm doing that with some high school athletes because numbers numbers right numbers numbers. Weight room.
0: And getting him to buy in. I'm like, look, your body has no idea what that weight is, right? I know your buddy did 400 this, 300 that. (laughs) But we just did that right rep tempo, getting people to slow reps down. Yes. And, and, you know, getting them in the right position, right tension, slow the rep
1: down. He's like, wow, that's so much harder. So much different.
0: You know, so that's the body's going
1: to adapt to that. It has no idea. It has no idea. Getting people to buy into that's really tough. Right. That that adaptation is huge. So, All right. So as we wrap this up, I think you've covered a lot of... uh, a lot of some of the questions i had for you i mean you're doing some amazing stuff in this community um what would be a couple of things you'd like to share that i haven't asked so far is there anything else you'd like to cover well you know for the for the
0: local folks i guess you could say is you know one thing that you know i would like to do is get lansing more involved in in fitness and health you know there's nothing downtown you and i are both lansing born and raised never left basically and you know we have we've always had really thanks to you and carport and the mac is on the east or east side there's always been great you know fitness i guess you could say but nothing really in the lansing area so i really want to try to help build up that that fitness community in the lansing area that's something that you know is important to me especially because we're making that move it wasn't the purposeful thing i wanted to do it just happened to be that way because sure. we're moving there right and now it's become a purpose right Yeah, we're
1: trying to get the whole community healthier
0: yeah and then and then also is Trying to get the consumer to understand what is a a health and fitness professional and what is someone that's just kind of doing this for fun. You know, I don't take it as a hobby. And it's no disrespect to those folks. I think it's great. We need those folks that are part-timers or doing a couple of sessions a week, but, you know, training sessions a week, but are working at another job. We need those people to keep it going. But how can we get people to distinguish, okay, this is a real health and fitness professional that deserves the, uh, the the pay that they need. Because, you know, right. you know this, Chris, we've been fighting how much, people want deals from us all the time. Right. You know, And I don't ask a lawyer, a doctor, anybody else for a deal. Right. I don't ask anybody for a deal, I don't believe in them. But how can we get to that? And that's, that's a mission of mine. You know, it's like, let's say you started it at 91 at the MAC and we're gonna try to keep it going and say, let's, you know, no well, more negotiation. One of the things I was
1: telling a, a guy the other day, I said, of all the people you surround yourself, cause I try to help them surround themselves with professionals whether it's financial or having the right healthcare professional physician or whatever it might be. But I always tell them I'm the most important cog of the whole deal because I'm your guide. I'm not your hero, whatever, but I'm going to look at the big picture for you. And so there ain't a deal, bro. So, because I'm going to give you everything I got, right? I'm going to service, I'm going to give you everything I got. And the value, if the value is not there, then Maybe this isn't a good fit, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to do lots of stuff for you. So I kind of look at the same thing. Like I'm not asking my attorney to give me a deal or, you know, I'm going to see my doctor. Hey, can I get a, a, you know, a break on my copay or whatever it might be. I think people have to look at this field differently, but we also have to do a better job of training people. We have to do a better job. We have to do a much better job of training and educating and And we were talking about this yesterday on our way home from up north that the two things we're not taught in school is finance and and health. But why aren't we? So I think when the healthcare professionals, you know, we used to go back to Jim Collins as good to great, the three circles, Do you have a passion for what you do. I mean, that's number one for you. I mean, I look at, do you have a passion? Number two is, can you make a, can, can you be really good at it and can you make a living at it? That's what's missing, I think, for a lot of people. Yeah. And then and keep getting better at what you, I mean, you think about where you're at today, 21 years later, how have you gotten better? I mean, I look at the stuff that I used to do, oh, yeah. you know, 35 years ago, and I'm like, wow, I, you know, when I first started training people at the Mac, you know, I was lousy, but, but you learn along the learn. way, the stuff that I used to tell them, I'm like, well, <laughs> that's not, that's not really correct. But at the time, we, we did the best with what at the time. I think we need, we're at that position now where we can help new professionals grow this professional where it becomes high level. I see, and, and I think you're seeing more of that, but the, the, I think the general population doesn't know the difference.
0: No, it's hard for them to know the difference because how could they? We don't have enough trainers like you, Walt, Gabe, that have been in it so long, because to really get good at something, you got to be in it five, 10, 15, right. 20 plus years. Right. And that's when you say, well, if someone says, well, are your time costs that much? Well, you didn't do much. Well, you've learned so much and you put so much into that hour because that's years of experience.
1: I've went into that hour, if that makes right. sense. Um, you know, and, I th- and I think that's why we feel comfortable referring back and forth. Yeah. I mean, you're referring tons of people. I refer people to you. You know, the list goes on in our community, but we have that respect that if I send them over to see Justin and his team. I know what they're going through. I mean, there's a manual that's, you know, 50 pages long just for your interns. I know the professionalism that's out there. But I don't think that's what's always happening right now. Hopefully that will grow in the future.
0: Yeah, we'll fight social media a little bit because it's easy entry. Our our field is a very easy entry job. Mm -hmm. Um, Hard to stay in. Um, But
1: I think we need to create an environment where people can stay in for the rest of their life if they want. Right, if that's what they want and really the high level. Any parting shots anything else you want to share with our with our listeners our viewers today? Just that, you know, I feel like
0: what we do at State of Fitness, what you guys do it on Target Living is we're not trying to sell anything that's unrealistic. I think if people can understand that it's really going to be the basics done over and over time and time again, that's what's going to work. It's so easy to see flash this, flash that, but just thinking about making small habits, know it's a process know that it only takes a few changes to make a difference and you just have to be able to to ride that wave and understand that it's,
1: you know, it's forever. This isn't just six week, 12 week, it's forever. It's creating a lifestyle that you love and can repeat over and over. And you will mess up and that's okay. That's okay. It's all right to fall down a couple of times. Hey, my friend, thanks for uh, spending some time today. And, um, I think uh, our listeners and viewers will get a lot of good stuff from what, uh, 21 years is shared with you over time. So good luck in your new um, adventure. And uh, I think you and Katie are on the right path to helping people change more and more lives in our community. So we feel very thankful to have you in this community.
0: Well, thank you. And we'll yeah. continue, we have our, are we I even mean, talking about our corporate thing we have going so that may, you know, we can dive into that, how we can change corporations, cause it's changing. So yes. yes. you you know that you're maneuvering. Yeah. So.
1: Thanks again. Thank you. Good
0: to see you. you too.